Even things which are not an actual malacha, you have to rest from them. In other words, people, some Mishraim say that the word Tishbeis to rest means don't do any of the third nine malachas. That's resting. So it's an inverse relationship. But the Ramam says, as do others, that besides not doing the malacha, there's another element to resting. Many things the Chaman prohibited us to do because of this concept of Shavuos, uh, which means resting. Some of them are also because they're similar to Malacha. And because they're so similar, they might bring you to actually do a Malacha. Or as the Ramam intimates in the beginning of the Malacha, they, they, they just, they're just not considered resting. So it's actually, it's a derisis, so to speak, a positive mitzvah of resting that you violate if you do these things that are, that are Malacha-like. They're not, they're not a Malacha, there's not a negative mitzvah involved, but it's not, it's not considered tishbase. And some of them are gzera because they might bring you to actually do an iserskila if you do them. These are them. Halacha base. Halacha base. If somebody uh, smooths out uh, crevices in the ground, um, so that's he's chayav for plowing because you're smoothing out the field, you're improving the ground. That's the iserisa, right? Now, therefore, also you're not allowed to go to the bathroom on a field that is um, that is not has not been plowed yet. It's got, it can be plowed, but it has not been plowed on, uh, yet. You're not allowed to go to the bathroom there on Shabbos. Maybe in the process of doing so, you're going to come to level crevices. So that's going to be, so to speak, this is a field which, if you plow what your chayv is, your chayv material. So by going to the bathroom there, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna smooth the crevices, you chayav for for doing a tolda of plowing. Someone clears out a storage storage space on Shabbos. Now clearing out a storage space on Shabbos in itself is something you're not allowed to do, uh, because of um, uh, we're worried that you're gonna you're gonna uh, improve the ground. However, if it's for a dvar mitzvah, you can do it. That's what Ram has to add. You're doing it on Shabbos in a permitted fashion because you need it for a mitzvah purpose. Let's say you're going to use that storage space to have guests. So you're going to give people a place to learn. So now you're doing it for a purpose of mitzvah. It's okay. Even though it's okay, you shouldn't clear out the entire storage space. Leave some corner with some items there. Why? Maybe you're going to want to make this space medish or this guest room very nice. And you're going to come to actually improve the ground by clearing by smoothing it out by leaving some items in storage you're gonna you're gonna remember that you're not supposed to do that Titcha Gabiragli a person has mud on his shoe or on his foot you can wipe it on, a, on the wall or on a beam you can't wipe it on the ground because again making this motion with your foot on the ground to wipe off the mud is smoothing out the ground you're gonna smooth out crevices you should spit on the ground and then and then wipe it with your uh, foot because uh, again, Shem Yashu Gumes, you're going to come to smooth out crevices. However, you're allowed to walk on spit, spit that's on the ground. And go as is normal without, you don't, have to, you, don't have, you don't have to avoid it. If you happen to step in a way walking, that's fine. Women who play with uh, nuts or almonds or things like that, it's like, a, like the original marbles. Now it says women, but the Chayra applies to anybody, but. Men on Shabbos are supposed to be learning Torah. Women don't have a chivat on Torah, so that's why he says women, I imagine. Asuas l'sach and Shabbos, you're not allowed to play with them on Shabbos. Shem yov l'ashes gumis, maybe you're going to smooth out an area to play, to make a good field to play, and you're going to come out to smooth 
to smooth uh, uh, cracks. But also, you're not allowed to sweep the ground. Maybe you're going to smooth the cracks out while you're sweeping the ground. Or possibly it means that sweeping the ground might cause you to further improve the ground after you sweep it to improve it even more by, by, by smoothing out the cracks. Unless it was uh, paved with stones. And so in the pa- a paved floor, it's not actual dirt. The armor holds is okay. To sprinkle water on the ground. Obviously, nothing growing there. You're just sprinkling, sprinkling it to kind of keep the dust from rising. Maybe you're going to smooth out the cracks. Because even if you do smooth out the cracks in the process of sprinkling the water, uh, again, not that you're doing it deliberately with your, with your feet. It's just the water process is going to make the ground... This process of sprinkling the water will make the ground smooth out. That's not a problem. You don't have the intention to do that. So it's a psikresha. It's not a psikresha. Therefore, it's not prohibited. You're not allowed to... Um, uh, smooth oil, uh, spread oil on the floor to shine it, I guess. Even if it was paved with stones. And you're not allowed to um, uh, blow dust from the, on, on the floor to, blow, you know, to clear, out, uh, clear the certain area by blowing the dust away. And you're not allowed to wash the floor even on Yontif. Certainly on Shabbos you can't. Because if you do any of those things in the process of your housekeeping activities, you can doing the following your normal weekday routine. So if you're going to end up smoothing out the cracks in a place where it's not paved, so therefore you can't follow this routine. You're going to end up habitually doing what you normally do, which is smoothing out the cracks. If you have a courtyard that's become uh, you know muddy, or soiled in the rainy season. Right, it's muddy. Maybe Tevin Maradiba, you're allowed to bring straw and spread it over the courtyard. It's like the original, uh, original mat, you know, like, like, a, like a carpet of sorts, but it's, it's straw. Um, and the reason why you, that's okay is not because straw is edible uh, from animals, so it's not mukta. It's actually because um, it's not considered a building. We assume you're not going to keep it there because the animals will eat it eventually. So it's not considered to be like the building a floor. If you take pebbles and do it with it, they might, they might stay there. That's considered a building. Okay, when he spreads out the straw, you shouldn't use a normal way with a basket or container to, to spread it. You use the bottom of the basket, like, so it's an abnormal way. shouldn't follow your normal routine of the weekday. And then again, in the process, you're going to just continue your pattern, which you normally do is spread out any cracks to kind of improve the ground. So by doing it in an awkward way, you're not going to follow your habit. Hey, Hamashka says someone who waters pl- uh, seeds, for the Malacha of planting. You're not allowed to draw water from the uh, well using a pulley. Maybe you're going to draw the water and pour it on your, um, on your uh, garden. Or, Hervasi uh, literally means a ruin, but it means an area where there's nothing, not, nothing, nothing constructed there. And therefore, uh, you're gonna you just plants there. So again, your normal habit is draw water. What's the first thing you do? Pour it on, pour it on, on the garden next to the next to the next to the water pit. So if you draw it with the pulley, you're just gonna follow your habit. While you're not thinking, you're gonna pour it on the, on, on the plants. So if you draw it in abnormal fashion, you're not gonna follow that habit, that that routine. Thanks because of this, if it was in your courtyard, you allowed to draw you allowed to draw it with a pulley, because since it's in your chutzer. Uh, it's, it's, it, it reminds you it's for household purposes, not for not to water plants. If someone pulls, you know, detaches something which is growing from the ground, of reaping or harvesting. Therefore, you're not allowed to take honeycomb, excuse me, honey out of honey out of honeycomb on Shabbos. 
And you should tell us that's similar to reaping, because the natural place where the honey is produced, doesn't grow there, but it's produced, is the honeycomb, and that's considered like reaping. So if you're allowed to take honey out of the honeycomb, you might come to, 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 to reap on Shabbos. You're not allowed to climb a tree on Shabbos. Whether it's moist, or it's dry, or it's alive or dead. You're not allowed to hang from a tree. You can't lean on a tree. You're not allowed to use a tree on Shabbos for anything because you may detach a leaf from the tree. Nor should you go on the tree even before Shabbos and stay there into Shabbos. Or that he says, you know, to stay there for the whole Shabbos. In other words, um, um, that's a problem. In other words, going there before Shabbos and staying there for part of Shabbos is also a problem. Not only let it make any use of anything which is attached to the ground, because you may come to, to detach it from the ground. Zion. Fruits that fall off a tree on Shabbos. Not allowed to eat them until Shabbos uh, ends. We're worried if you eat the apples that fall off the trees on Shabbos, you're going to pick an apple on the tree on Shabbos. The Rambam doesn't say you're not allowed to touch it, though. It sounds like going to the Rambam, it's not a problem of Muktza, which is interesting, because some would say it is a problem of Muktza. All right, Hadas HaMechuber. You have a, 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 a myrtle, which is attached to the ground. Myrtle, you're allowed to smell it. This applies to anything which smells, like a flower, for example. Because the only thing you can do with a myrtle or a flower is smell it. It's, if smelling it, its fragrance is, is available. So you're not worried, you're not, we're not worried you're going to pick it, because why should you pick it? You can smell it without picking it. But if you smell a good, a good tasting fruit, I will ask you, however, an esrog, the puach or an apple, anything edible, also you're not allowed to smell it while it's attached. You're going to be enticed to pick it or cut it and then eat it. Halacha ches. This is interesting. You have an Elon that its roots are three Tvachim higher off the ground. Right? So it's like, uh, like, like these trees that, that the roots you know, stick out of the ground. Sometimes all you see is a trunk, right? Other times you have like, like large roots that come out of the ground. So now let us sit on them. If, however, they don't extend more than three Tvachim off the ground, so just the, the top of them is sticking out, it's like the ground, and you can sit on them. If the, um, the, the roots, um, so if it went from, uh, from above three tefachim above the ground into less than three tefachim below the ground, in other, words, in other words, that part that's descending to go, to go, you know, the part that as it ascends from the earth, to where it rises about three tefachim, so the part which is less than three tefachim off the ground, basically. That part is like the ground itself, you're allowed to use it. If there are uh, three tefachim above the ground, uh, even though on the other side they are equal to the ground, but or uh, there's, a, there's like a cavity which is Three tefachim below it, so it's like uh, it's like three tefachim above the ground, but there's like a hole under it. Like sometimes you have the roots like grow like a, like a, like a, like a, like, a, like a miniature tunnel, and you can like kind of put your hand under the roots between the roots and the ground. So uh, in that case, now let us sit on it um, because that's considered to be uh, again that's that's three tefachim above the ground. It's like a miniature tree. All right, Tess, yeah. Famous. You're not allowed to ride an animal on Shabbos. Why not? 
not because the animal is not allowed to carry things on Shabbos. That's true, it's not allowed to, but a person, right? a person shifts his way to assist in the carrying process. So therefore, if you carry a person, let's say a child or an adult, who's alive on Shabbos, you're not chayiv. So the animal, riding the animal, the animal's not going to be carrying. It's not like working the animal on Shabbos. But the problem is, because you're going to tear off a branch to, you know, giddy up the animal, to guide the animal. You're not allowed to lean on the animal on Shabbos either. Nor can you go on the animal before Shabbos to stay on the animal on Shabbos. You're not allowed to lean on the sides of the animal. Um... I said before, means not allowed to hang things from the animal. You're not allowed to hang from an animal. Okay, here's saying you're not allowed to lean on an animal. However, um, you're allowed to use things, that literally means the size of the size. So, so things which, 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 are, which are hang on the animal, you can hang on those things because you're not hanging directly on the animal. Okay. All of Elam Shabbos, a person climbed the tree on Shabbos. if he did it by accident, he didn't know you're not allowed to. Once he can go down. Amazing, if he climbed on purpose, also later he can't go down. He has to stay the whole Shabbos. if he goes on an animal before, um, on Shabbos, I feel amazing, even, even, even if he went on the animal deliberately, Yeri should come down on Shabbos. Why? Because it's pain for the animal to stay, stay on it the whole entire Shabbos. You know, eventually the animal gets tired. It's painful. In Perkin, Hamas, Shabbos, not allowed to unload a package, a burden. From the, a load from the animal on Shabbos. You're allowed to uh, unload an animal on Shabbos again because of the pain the animal is enduring by having the package on it unnecessarily. Yud, Ketzat, what's an example of this? The animal is carrying a, like a sack, a sack of wheat, a grain. Now you're allowed to put your head under the pack of sack of grain, and you push it to one side, and it comes down by itself. So the case over here is where the, the burden it's carrying is mukta. If it's not mukta, then it's not an issue. Now what if he arrives home on Shabbos Friday night, and animal, his animal has a load, when he reaches the outer courtyard of the city, you're allowed to take whichever utensils the animal is carrying, which are not mukta, you can take them on Shabbos. If they're not allowed to be touched on Shabbos, so you just untie the ropes, and the sack falls by itself. Now, that's all good if it's filled with uh, Tupperware. What <laughs> if it's filled with things that may break? If there's small sacks, small, small, small bags, uh, then you can bring pillows or blankets and put it under the animal. And the, 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 the package after you untie the ropes will fall down on these pillows and they won't break. Now, the Ramam is asking a different question now. There's a principle on Shabbos, you're not allowed to go and cause something to become mukta. Remember we don't do that with the oil? You can't let the oil drip onto a plate because you let the oil drip on a plate and the oil, the oil is mukta. Because if you, if you take any oil out of the lamp, you're extinguishing because the candle gets, get, get, goes out earlier. So therefore, if you cause the oil to fall into a plate, what happens? The, the plate's mukta now because the oil is mukta. So you can't do that on Shabbos because you call it, you're causing something to become mukta. So over here, if these sacks are mukta and you're going to untie them, they're going to fall on these blankets. Now the pillows are mukta. Now the pillows are going to be, be, be uh, not, not, uh, not usable. So I'm going to say, if you, can, if you want, you can't, you can't move the pillows, you can't drag the pillows, you can pick them up though and slip them out and let the, let the sacks fall on the ground, right? 
That's why it's 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 okay since the sacks are small and light, so you can do that, and that's not going to cause the, thing, the things to break, and it's also not it's also not going to prevent you from using these pillows and blankets on Shabbos. Um, it comes out that you did not nullify the use of this utensil, which would be a problem if you did. What if it's you're carrying large pieces of glass? So now, mata you untie the sack and they fall. Even though they're going to break, it's not, a, it's not a huge loss. Because he's talking about raw, raw pieces of glass. I'm not talking about kalim, like large, just large raw pieces of glass. What are they for? They're meant to be melted down and to make it to, into fashion, to glass utensils. So that's the purpose. So that small loss of the fact that now you're going to have to you know, work a little harder to melt them down and, and fashion them, the Chazal weren't concerned with that. Therefore, that's the solution. What if they're large sacks and they're not full of raw pieces of glass, they're full of glass utensils, right? Uh, you know, wine glasses. So what do you do then? Then you unload the sacks gently. So even though you're going to essentially be moving them on Shabbos and that's basically Mokta, in that case, because of the loss, Chazal permitted it. Nevertheless, don't leave them on the animal all Shabbos because that's going to cause the animal to suffer. If a person takes produce, let's see, figs, presses them together, so he makes one big, you know, one big chunk. He's chayav for the malacha of gathering, right? or, or gathering, which is the idea of taking sheaves of wool, of grain, and making them into, um, sorry, stalks of grain, or ears of grain, making them into a sheaf, right? That's ma'amr, that's one of the namalachas. Therefore, someone who is in his own courtyard, his own property, the fruit, you know, his, his, his produce uh, scattered. So you have a back of a, a bowl of grapes. The, gra- the bowl turns over, all the grapes are all over the place now. You collect them one at a time and eat them. But don't collect them all together and put them back in the basket. If you're going to do in your weekday habits, you're going to compress them, press them with your hands uh, into the basket. That's going to be considered the blocha of gathering, which is a problem. This is particularly relevant to raisins. Like raisins, if you press them, they really stick. So if the raisins scatter, Put it back in the basket. You press them. That's that's ma'amr. The Ram says interesting. You're not allowed to collect salt. It looks like ma'amr. Now, Torah, if you take salt and put it and put it together, you're not chayav from ma'amr because that is not produce. It doesn't grow from the ground. But the Chazal prohibited it because it looks like ma'amr. Since since uh, since salt does ultimately come from the ground. So, but I, I don't know if this applies. If this applies to let's say candy corns, I don't think so because I think it only applies to things that come from the ground somewhat. Let's say pieces of uh, of beef jerky. I don't know if it would apply to that. I'm not sure. All right, you'd base, yeah. Mephoric extraction, right? If you extract something, something from raw, from where it normally is, that's considered threshing, right? Threshing is when you take the grain, you bang it, you do all kinds of, you have the cow walk over it, and then the 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 Grain um, falls out of the chaff, right, out of the out of the ears. So somebody squeezes all of the grapes. He's chayev for doing threshing, or for or, or extraction. The fichan therefore also You're not allowed to squeeze um, uh, pomegranates or uh, or berries. Berries are pomegranates. Even though the material is chayev for squeezing all of the grapes. You're not allowed to squeeze other kinds of fruits that are normal use for fruit juice, like like, pom- like berries or pomegranates. 
Since some people do squeeze them out like olives and grapes, you're going to come to squeeze olives and grapes. Right? You're going to make, you're going to make um, pomegranate juice, you're going to make grape juice. Other fruits go in the tradition, um, quinces, apples and crab apples. You're allowed to squeeze them on Shabbos. They're not, they're, not, they're not usually used for squeezing. Now, nowadays, we do squeeze oranges, let's say, and apples on Shabbos. Or, for, 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 or not, I mean, we do squeeze other fruits for, their, for the juice. It is, so today, you, you could argue that it does apply to other things, even watermelon. People squeeze, if watermelon is flavored with snapple, so it applies to almost anything. All right, Yud Gimel. Yeah? Yud Gimel. If you have pickled foods, foods or cooked foods, these naturally don't have liquid in them, right? But you cooked it, so now it has liquid in it. And you squeeze it out. So if you're trying to soften it, that's okay. If you're trying to squeeze it out, let's say you have, you have food cooked in the soup, you're squeezing out this thing. You're squeezing out this luxion. You're squeezing out this luxion um, uh, in, order, in order to get like the, the juice out of it. So then, if you want to get the soup out of it, the juice, in that case, it's also. This is very interesting. If you're asking us a you're not allowed to crush snow. It should liquid should flow from it. Like, you know, it melts easier and liquid, the water will come out of it, right? It'll turn to water. Um, so the water should flow uh, because that's, that's similar to squeezing liquid. You could, however, um, uh, crush snow into a bowl or, or into a cup. In other words, Dhamma presumably means that there is a cup or a bowl that has water in it so the liquid you're, you're squeezing out of the snow, so to speak, the liquid you're causing the snow to melt into doesn't ever become independent and distinct. It just gets mixed in the already, already existing water. That's why many people on Shabbos, they put ice on the table for the guests or for themselves, always put a little water in the bowl beforehand. So you're not, you're not causing, you're not like, you know, squeezing the ice, so to speak. Okay. Um, now, th- this is relevant because uh, some people would say that the reason why you're not allowed to create water from snow is because you're creating something new. It's called Leilid. But the Rambam doesn't say that. And this is relevant because I believe if you, the question about making ice on Shabbos, taking water, making it to ice. If you can't make water or snow, uh, ice or snow into water because it's Neilid, you can't make water into ice because it's Neilid. But if the reason is because you're squeezing out the water from the snow, there's no relevant resemblance to making ice. That's why making ice on Shabbos is probably okay. All right. But again, ask your local Orthodox rabbi. Weiter. Garlic, unripe grapes, or, 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 or like grain. It's not totally ripe. That was crushed before Shabbos started. So, but it wasn't crushed completely. If it needs to be crushed some more. Now the finished crushing, they crushing them on Shabbos um, in a regular fashion. In other words, if they have to be crushed with a with, uh, with normal way, with a with with machine, for example, um, or whatever tool is normal. Um, but if they're just lacking to be crushed by hand, in other words, if they, if they crush them by hand, whatever, whatever more level of crushing they need, is, you can do by hand. And you're allowed to finish grinding and crushing them on Shabbos. You're allowed to continue grinding kernels of grain with a wooden spoon in a pot on Shabbos after the pot was removed from the fire. If it's on the fire still, you're going to crush these things. You're, you're essentially cooking on Shabbos, right? So these things are in a pot. You have these, you have these like, you know, grains, kernels of grain in a pot, and they're cooking, but they need to be crushed a little more just to finish cooking, the cooking, cooking process. Take the, pie off the, take the fi- pie off the pot off the fire. You crush it a bit more to just get it, get it really, uh, uh, you know, fine the way, the way uh, you're mixing, let's say, mixing meat 
together with this grain into like a mixture, that's, that's allowed on Shabbos. Halach Yudalet. Yudalet. Mo'il Malilis. If someone is removing grain from its husks, uh, you know, you, 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 which is basically what dash is, right? So Mo'il B'Shini, if you do it in an abnormal fashion, Kadesh Lo Yir B'Kadosh, which not look like you're doing the Malacha of threshing. Hayenik B'Fiv. If someone draws milk with his mouth, so you, 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 you're, from, you're from an animal with your mouth, Potter, you potter, because that's not a normal way of drinking. You normally, normally, that's not a normal way of extracting the milk from the animal. Usually you, you do so in a, in a keli, right? A vessel. If he's groaning, some say either from pain or from hunger, then he's allowed to actually drink. It's a chilla allowed to, 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 to drink the milk from the cow. Right. No, no, no. He's going to drink from the udder with his mouth. So that's awesome. But Matar, you potter. Forbade it though. But if he's sick, if he's groaning because he's sick or he's hungry, uh, to that level of hunger, then he, then he's allowed to do it. Because since uh, he is doing the the melacha mefarik in an abnormal fashion, they're not you know uh, prohibit in this situa- this situation of pain. Even he's not in danger. He's not going to die. He's definitely he's not definitely sick, but he's enough to groan. Uh, he's not definitely you know uh, dying of hunger either. Tesvav. Perishes of Mehemet Mashkim Shabbos fruits from which liquid flowed out on Shabbos. So even this one of them, if they're olives or grapes, which if you squeeze them, you're chayiv matayra. Also, you should say Eisah Mashkim is after Shabbos, and that liquid which flowed out by itself, you know, happened by itself. You're not allowed to drink it till after Shabbos. Zeres Shem Yiskav on this chayt Eisah Shabbos. Maybe you might go to actually intentionally squeeze them on Shabbos. If they are berries or pomegranates, which in which case, if you do squeeze the liquid out, even if you did it on purpose, only as did If you brought them, if the fruits were, were gathered into, the, into your property, your house, to eat them, not to squeeze the juice, not to make pomegranate juice, to eat them. Then the juice that flows out is mutter. If however you took them inside to crush them for the juice, then you're not allowed to uh, drink the beverages that flow out, flow, out, flow out on Shabbos until Shabbos is over, because since you brought them in to make juice out of them, you might come to squeeze them. Tezayin. Zayz and Ba'anav and Meshuz Kamev Shabbos, all of the grapes you cross before Shabbos for the purposes of getting the juice out. The Yatsu man, Mashkin And then the juice came out by himself. Now, you didn't do anything on Shabbos. The juice came out. Eventually, once you crush it on Friday, juice will flow out on Shabbos. Mutarin, you're allowed to drink that juice. Um... So perhaps the idea is that, yeah, the previous halacha, you know, you didn't do anything over here where you, where you crushed before Shabbos, so then there's nothing else to do, right? Okay, that, that, but, but yeah. All right, so v'chein chalos devash, you're going Shabbos, honeycombs that you crushed before Shabbos. So mashkin yitzim hem Shabbos, mutarin the liquid, which is presumably the honey, that flows out on Shabbos' mutar. She'ein kamakum gazerin eshkaris kamerif. Ah, there's no reason to say you can't use them. What, what are we worried about? You, what, what, what are we worried you're going to do? To crush the olives and grapes? You're already crushed, so, you, so we're not worried about anything. Therefore, you can use it on Shabbos. In the previous halacha, <coughs> nothing was crushed. So we're going to start crushing on Shabbos because the juice, so overflowing of juice, grape juice, you start crushing, you're going to start crushing the grapes. But here, we're not, we're not worried about that, yeah? All right, you design. Zayda ubeider, winnowing and selecting. The avas malacha saying is abalacha. Winnowing is you throw up the wheat in the, in the air. And the wind blows away the chaff, and the heavier grains fall down. And then selecting as you pick out whatever pieces did end up still, still not, not blowing away. There, that's an afmalach lafich, and therefore af abishmut lamilis beshos beisav. Even though we already said before, you're allowed to uh, remove grain from its husk, then like this, with your fingertips, just your thumb and fingertips. But then when you afterwards you have to blow uh, the uh, 
uh, some say menapeach, menapeach, that it's either sifting or sifting or menapeach and menapeach. These are two different different words. If it's a ches or a hey at the end, menapeach means to blow. Excuse me, sorry, means to sift. Menapeach means to blow. So either you're gonna you're gonna sift it out with you know in an abnormal fashion, or you're gonna blow it like with your you know with your mouth to blow away the uh, the chaff. So menapeach you can do it with one hand with all your might. You can't use two hands, apparently. Nor can you use a konon or a tamchay. Konon or tamchay is a, a, is a tray. A tamchay is like a, like a little pot that has different, different, different compartments. So it's like a crude device to use to, to sift out different parts. You kind of like, you kind of, you know, you, 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 you throw up, you, you kind of shake the tray and by doing so automatically, by gravity, there's eventually a distinction builds between the two, the two, two uh, materials, the chaff of the grain, which are very different weight. So that's not allowed. word you're going to come to use an actual sifter or a sieve or a sifter or a strainer, in which case you'd be chayev. Someone who sifts or filters out dregs from wine. It's a tolda of, of berer or tolda of sifting. Even though we said before, you're allowed to filter clear wine or clear water just to make it even more perfect using a handkerchief or an Egyptian basket, which is uh, not, a, not a formal sifter, so you're allowed to do that. You can't like make like a, an indentation, like a hollow, uh, like, like a... Like a but you make like a, like if you put your finger to make like a hole like the handkerchief should be in, in, indented. That's gonna cl- have a place where all the dregs should collect together. Should ask because you shouldn't come to do it the way you do it during the week. Yavah the shamash mashveres. The word you're gonna actually filter, um, uh, filter dregs with it. You you're gonna come to actually filter proper proper wine in the process, meaning proper wine that needs filtering. That's us You're not allowed to. Um, hang a filter as you do during the week. You may come to um, uh, strain wine, dregs out of wine. Someone who makes cheese, right? Uh, causes milk to curdle. Tell this bird is told of birder. Interesting. Elsa the Ram says told of building. But here he says it's birder because you're separating the milk protein from the water part, right? The curds from the whey. Therefore, even though you're allowed to put sesame seeds or nuts into honey to make like a mixture of like a, like a candy mixture, um, you should not mix them into a block with your hand. Someone who cooks, cuts a vegetable, he dices into very small pieces in order to cook it. The Amam here adds to cook it. Elsewhere he says that, that, that he just says if you, if you dice a vegetable, you're chayev. Here he says specifically you only chayev if you dice it to cook it, which means if you're dicing it to eat it, that could be, a, to eat it raw, that could be not a problem. So if you dice it in order to cook it, how is it that's told of grinding, derivative of grinding, which is one of the things that you're chayev. You're not allowed to grind straw or, or, or carob for an animal to eat. Bein daka, whether it's going to be the very small pieces, bein gasa, whether it's going to be very big pieces, it looks like you're grinding. However, you're allowed to cut a gourd for an animal to eat, or a dead body of an animal, a carcass of an animal, for dogs to eat. 
because there's no concept of grind when it comes to Paris. In, in this case, Paris is translated not as grain, but as fruit. And the gourd is considered fruit, which is why you can cut it up. Other versions of the Rabbim say, that grinding only applies to grain. And he's explaining why you're allowed to cut up the carcass of an animal, very small pieces, for dogs, because it doesn't apply to, to, uh, to, to, to non-grain things. So taking a steak and cutting it into small pieces, that's not a problem. Or dicing fish into small pieces, not a problem. Umutarin the alumeshal amir, sorry, matin alumeshal amir the behema. You're allowed to untie bundles of straw for an animal. Umafas pays biyade. Umaskatanis, and you can spare out small sheaves for an animal. Avloy umaskatanis, not large ones. Because of the, of the efforts. This is considered to be a non Shabbistic activity, not appropriate uh, to do extra things that make, make it more attractive for the animal, just to you know, treat the animal nicely. It's very nice of you, but it's not considered to be necessary work on Shabbos. Your test. Chavile peya ve'ezev ekronaris. Different bundles of peya, ezev, and kronaris are apparently different kinds of hyssop, which is used often as animal, animal fodder. Uh, that were taken, it were collected to use for animal food. You're allowed to use them for the people also. Uh, and you're allowed to break off some with your fingertips and, and eat it. But you can't t- do a lot in your hand at one time. Because maybe you're going to do, if you do, you make your practice, they can come to crush them. So by breaking off and eating them, you, that's okay. But, but during the weekday, you crush them sometimes and that's not allowed on Shabbos so therefore if you deviate from your habitual fashion you're less likely to come to do that Chaf someone who has to crush pepper pulverized pepper or something like that in order to put into his food on Shabbos to season the food you can do it with the handle of a knife against the bowl you can't use a mortar and a pestle though you can't use a pestle that's grinding. That's why a healthy person who's not in danger is not allowed to take medication on Shabbos. Maybe you're going to crush the herbs. So that's why you can't use medicine on Shabbos. Chafal continues. Kate said, for example, a person should not think we eat foods that are not eaten by ordinary healthy people. Like a hyssop, which is another kind of hyssop. Nor herbs that cause diarrhea, like wormwood and things like that. Nor should you drink things that ordinary healthy people don't drink. Water, which with all kinds of herbs and herbs and grasses cooked in them. So if you're drinking tea, that you know because it's healthy for you, but also people drink this fenugreek tea, chicory. Let's say you're drinking it um, because of because uh, for health purposes. But since people normally drink it as a drink, people who drink, people who like tea just drink it because you know that, that's a tea they like. It's a kind of tea. Not everyone drink, you know, Americans drink tea. It's like you know, just uh, it's like you know, fruit, you know, fruity teas. But proper tea, like English tea, it's like healthy for you. People eat, uh, drink it uh, to be healthy. Uh, people drink it just to enjoy tea. So you're drinking it because for health purposes, it would seem to be okay. Chaf beis. A person is allowed to eat uh, uh, things that normal, healthy people eat, even though they have health purposes. For example, hakuzbara, coriander seeds, vakshus, and hops, ve'ezev, and hyssop. Even though they are uh, people, the people are being are, are are healed as they eat, 
Since they're normal, healthy people's foods, you can eat them even though they have medicinal benefits. Shasa chiltas become a Shabbos. Suppose you drank chiltas before Shabbos. It's a, some. It's like some sort of uh, bitter tasting remedy that has uh, that has a uh, heals chest pains. But you can keep drinking it on Shabbos. And you can you, you can um, so he he drinks it regularly before Shabbos started. He can keep drinking it on Shabbos. Even in places where it's not that many people for regular people to drink chiltas. And the reason for that is because once you start drinking it, if you stop, it's a problem. Um, some versions of the Ramam say dafka in a place where the niggas to drink it. Alright, the a person allowed to drink Egyptian beer. Egyptian beer is uh, it's a kind of a beverage made from water, salt, barley flour, and uh, it helps with stomach discomfort, apparently. Chav Gimel. Oils which normal healthy people usually anoint themselves with. A person is allowed to anoint them on Shabbos. Because uh, they're not considered medicine, they're considered regular people's uh, oil. Even though he is using it for refuah, if it's a kind of oil which healthy people don't use, uh, assuming that's also that's that's considered medicine. Someone who has uh, a pain in his groin, uh, he may not anoint himself with wine or vinegar. He's allowed to use oil, but not rose oil. Uh, unless it's a place where healthy people use it, otherwise it's considered a medicine. You're allowed to anoint yourself with oil and salt in all places. That's considered to be a uh, health a normal person's uh, treatment, not necessarily uh, medicine, apparently. A person who wounds his hands or his feet, he can soak it in wine. He can't soak it in vinegar. If he is very squeamish, very delicate, then even in wine, it's also because for him it's considered a medicine. If someone has a toothache, he's not allowed to sip vinegar and spit it out. He can sip it and swallow it. If someone has a pain in his throat, he's not allowed to gargle oil. He can drink oil, even a lot of oil, if that heals him, and he's healed, not a problem. You're not allowed to chew gum. This is not the, the, the contemporary commercial gum. This is the gum taken from trees, the real gum. You're not allowed to brush your teeth with herbs on Shabbos. If your intent is to, is to, is to heal. If he wants to improve the breath of his mouth, breath, uh, breath freshener, that's permitted. You're not allowed to put wine on the eye. As a remedy, excuse me, you can't put wine into the eye. You can put it on top of the eye, on the eyelid. Uh, saliva that uh, in the morning before a person has eaten anything, that saliva is called is very potent. It's called rekatofel, which is, means uh, the saliva that, that's before the person ate. I feel also even put it on top of the eye is also, is also on Shabbos because it's a effective medicine apparently. Kilo Sheshoro Yisei Merev Shabbos, an eye salve that was left to soak on Erev Shabbos on Friday. Mavir Agave Ene B'Shabbos, you're allowed to be applied to the eye on Shabbos. The Ene Cheshish, you've got a problem. Mish Laka Etzboi, someone who wounds his finger. Lo Yidacher Lov Gimi Kedela Afes, you should not tie a reed around it in order to heal it. I'm not talking about just to stop the bleeding. This is a... Um, actually, medicinal property apparently of some kind, some kind of 
medical read. Uh, nor should you squeeze it tightly to, to, so that the blood, uh, blood comes out. Whatever medicinal benefit that has. Chavav. Not to put hot water oil on a wound. Nor on a uh, pad. That's on. Uh, it's like this, like uh, pro, this uh, wad of unprocessed fi- fiber that's being used as a, as a bandage. You can't put that on top of. I uh, can't put that on the bandage, which is, which is on the wound. Nor can you put it on this bandage that's not on the wound if you're going to apply the wound, the bandage afterwards to the wound. You can put it on the skin outside of the wound, and then it'll flow into the wound. You can put a dry uh, compress. A dry bandage on the wound, if it is aged fabric, usr, it's usr, because then it's actually it's considered like a bandage, like a, has, a, has a medicinal property. Uh, if a bandage fell into a, into a utensil, you can put it back on the wound. If it fell on the ground, you cannot put it back on the wound. Uh, in other words, it's like, uh, as, long as, it, as long as it didn't... Um, uh, fall on the ground. It's like it just slipped off the moon. It's like you bring it back into place. Once it falls on the ground, so then it's like a, it's like a whole new, it's a whole new um, bandage, and you, you can't apply a bandage in the first place on Shabbos. It's only a bandage that was there before Shabbos. So if it was there before Shabbos started, and then it fell off, as long as it didn't fall on the ground, it's just you know, it's like it slipped out of place. You bring it back. If, however, it fell on the ground, then it's like a, it's a game over, and now you put it like a, like a new bandage. Um, you're allowed to put a bandage on a wound in the base of Migdash because all uh, the base of Migdash, according to the Rambam, there is no issue of doing anything on Shabbos which is awesome. According to others, it's only things that are relevant for the Avoid in the base of Migdash. Putting a bandage on a wound has nothing to do with the Avoid, but the Rambam holds that uh, the way he understands the Gemara over there in Psachim that uh, it applies to anything. And now, wherever you are in the base of Migdash, out of the base of Migdash, you're allowed to clean a wound. But not, you cannot clean the, clean the bandage. Shema Yimrach, maybe you're going to spread out a, uh, a salve, which is like a uh, medicinal uh, bandage or a, uh, an ointment. A person is allowed to um, apply oil and massage his, his uh, stomach, his intestines on Shabbos. That he applies the oil massage at the same time. She should not follow the weekday practice. Weekday apparently would first apply the oil massage all afterwards. The aim is am b'shabbos not allowed to exercise or work out on Shabbos. Ezu b'shabbos what's considered by what's considered the uh, working out. This is uh, when someone else walks in the person's body forcefully until he becomes tired and, and begins to sweat. Or he walks, uh, you know, uh, with a lot of effort and vigor until he uh, exerts himself and he sweats. Shabbos, a person is not allowed to work hard on Shabbos to the point of perspiring. Because that's considered therapeutic and healthy, uh, healing. A person is not allowed to stand in the mud baths in Israel. Because it's exerting a therapeutic. Chav tes. You're not allowed to wash in water that causes diarrhea. Nor in quicksand. Nor in water 
that was uh, that's that flax is soaking in. Uh, if, if in which the in which it, it became foul smelling, bad smelling, nor in the Dead Sea, nor in the bad water of the Mediterranean, because these are all things of discomfort. Because if the Pasuk says you have to call the Shabbos a delight. If a person doesn't, doesn't stay there for a long time, it comes out right away. Then even though he has sores on his scalp, which has some healing benefit going into these waters, mutter is mutter. A person is not allowed to scrape skin with a utensil, with a scraper. If a person's hands are dirty with, uh, with feces or with mud, a person can scrape it off in a regular manner without a concern. A person is not to apply oil and then peel off the scabs uh, of a wound. To, for pleasure, in other words, the person enjoys that uh, um, that that feeling when he take get, get, get that uh, uh, taking away the scabs. He can't do that for an animal, however. If the animal was in pain, then you can apply the oil and peel off its scabs to stop the aggravation. The animal ate an excessive amount of beans. You have to run around the courtyard so it's cured, even though you can't use medicine on Shabbos for animals. You're allowed to do this. If it uh, was grabbed by blood, it means it turns red, it's like a fever or, or, or whatever condition this is. You put it in water so it cool down. We're not worried about grinding herbs for an animal on Shabbos. You're not allowed to uh, vomit your food up on Shabbos or cause yourself to vomit on Shabbos. Medicine when you take a, take a medicine to cause yourself to throw up. Because you might come to crush herbs. Lucky, but to put your finger down your throat to throw up. That's allowed. Now to press the infant's stomach so he will go to the bathroom. Maybe you're going to feed him herbs which which are laxatives. You're allowed to place a cup over the infant's belly button to lift it up. Uh, it's like a process. You're putting a hot cup and then it cools down and it picks it up. You're allowed to place a neck brace and to, or put a hip, a hip girdle around the child. This is like a, a device that was uh, would tie the, cause the limbs of the, of the baby to grow, to grow straight. Um, you're allowed to lift up the tendons in the child's ear by hand or with an instrument, and uh, lift up the cartilage in the chest. These are all activities of healing that are not done with herbs that we should worry about when it comes to crush herbs. And uh, the person is in pain, therefore it's allowed. Lamed beis hamedakid sifting. Avos malachas and av malacha. Fichan therefore eim regel hayfenes and tevelim kavori. You're not allowed to sift straw in a sifter or in a sieve. Leiniach hakavori sheish b'tevelim b'makom kavori b'shvil sheyered hamayitz. And you're not allowed to put the sieve with straw in a high place. The chaff will fall. Teishu merakid that is like sifting. Avon eitel tevelim b'kavori amelech leivus. You're allowed, however, you're allowed to put the straw in a sieve. And carry it to the animal's feeding bowl. Even though the chaff will fall when you when you're moving it, because you have the, it's not your intention to do that, so it's not a psikrasha. 
Someone who kneads together water with uh, flour or any, any a similar substance like that, is for kneading. Therefore, you're not allowed to mix, make a mixture of flour and water is is uh, is But even to mix water with uh, roasted flour, uh, even though it's a large amount of um, so the fichah in the garden kemach helik habi nala to make a mixture of flour and water with a lot of roasted flour. Shem yov elosh kemach yini kaldi. Maybe you're going to come to mix water with unroasted flour. So water with roasted flour doesn't really stick. Make like a dough like mixture. It just makes like a like like a thick uh, like, like 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 sandy like like wet sand mixture. But um, uh, proper flour it's not that's not roasted. It actually sticks and makes like dough. So if you're going to come to make mix water with roasted flour, you're going to mix water with regular flour. You're allowed to mix small amounts of roasted flour a little bit at a time. You can't do it a lot. You can do a little. Uh, grain that has not matured one third of its fullness. That was roasted. And afterwards, it was it was it was grounded in a way that's it's still coarse. It's like sand. Uh, it's called you're allowed to make, mix large parts of it, large amounts of it, with vinegar or anything like that, at once. Who provided that the mixture is soft, it shouldn't be too thick. If it's a thick mixture, also it's forbidden. Patient near the looks like kneading. So you have to also do this in a way that you change from your normal activity. Kids, for example, you first put the shasis kind of flour, afterwards put the vinegar. So that's considered a shina. If you do this in a irregular fashion, you won't come to, to an actual need flour, need, need actual flour. Lamed Dalet, Mursan, coarse bran. Even though you can't really make like a dough with it, doesn't really stick to that way. You're still not allowed to mix it with water and make, and make it into like a mixture. You come to mix water with, uh, with earth or something like, like that, that that does create like a, a dough-like uh, substance. You're allowed to put water over bran. And then stir it with a spoon in all directions, but not like in a circle, like in a, like in a, like in a plus sign over and over again. You can't do it, mix it with your hands. Uh, uh, you, it has to be with a spoon, uh, and it has to be like a, like, in a, like in a plus sign formation. You can't do it with your hands. Because then it looks like you're kneading. Kneading is done with hands. The minister doesn't mix well. Then you can pour from one container to the other so it should mix well. Then you give it to the chickens or the oxen. You're allowed to mix bran this style with one container. And divide it into many containers. Put one in front of each animal. Even you can do even one or two cores of brand together, one container. Um, uh, as long as, as long as it's all necessary for Shabbos, you now that however, however mix it if if you if you don't need it on Shabbos. You're allowed to feed or force feed animals. That's domesticated or wild or birds on Shabbos way during the weekday. Shem yov the day maybe you're going to come to crush beans. Other day shlishas chemok or you might come to lead to lead flour. Okay, to buy any other malacha. That's done. Ketzad, for example, what's the prohibition over here? The achal gomel b'Shabbos malachal shlisha b'yom. You're not to feed a camel three or four days of food. And people would often do that before a journey, so they shouldn't have to carry food with them. The yabetz egel ketzad, but you shouldn't throw down a calf. Or any other animal, we give to open its mouth. 
You can't place food deep in the mouths of a dove or a chicken, and, and, and so deep that they can't spit it back up. However, you're allowed to feed an animal, uh, excuse me, while it's standing. And drink while it's standing. Um, or you can put it to its mouth, water and uh, animal food, as long as it's, uh, it's not so deep they can't spit it back up. You're allowed to also put pieces, pieces uh, you can feed a bird, uh, again, as long as, as long as they can spit it back up. Needless to say, you can put food in front of the animals they can eat. In fact, you have to feed your animals, of course. When you can feed your animal if you have an obligation to feed it, if it's your you're responsible for it. You're a domesticated animal, you're a wild animal, unless so you have a cow, you have a deer, um, or the um, uh, doves that are raised in your home, or geese and chickens. However, it's an animal you're not responsible for. Like a pig, for example. Which presumably you're not responsible for because a Jew is not allowed to raise pigs. And even if you do have one, Chazal prohibited you from feeding, on, feeding it on Shabbos. Um, unless there's a special fashion where it's, for example, uh, it belongs partially to a guy or, or other arrangements. So, in any event where you're not responsible to feed the animal, um, so for Yeni Shevach or the doves in a, like a dove farm, which kind of you know, find their own food. Or bees, which take care of themselves. You can't place in front of them water or food. You're not allowed to feed animals that are not yours on Shabbos, or Yantar for that matter, which is why you're not allowed to throw bread to the fish during Tashlich. Um, you're allowed to put your animal near grass, attached to the ground, and it eats. You're not making an animal... To do the block of detaching from the ground. That's by itself. You shouldn't lead the animal directly to food that's muktzah. For example, if you have, you, have, you, have, you have grain that was set aside to sell, you change your mind on Shabbos, you want the animal to eat it, so it's muktzah. You can't lead the animal directly to it, uh, you know, right to it, because it's, it's muktzah. You're not allowed to be involved in anything muktzah. You could stand in front of the animal and block its path. So it turns its face to look at the thing which is muktzah. Take the man and then he eats from it. The same thing applies in Yontif.